This is the Six Man Show, an Orlando Magic podcast, with your hosts, Luke Silvia and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic basketball. By fans, for fans. Go Magic. What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Six Man Show. It is December 14th, 2020. As always, I'm joined by Luke Silvia, but... Today is a very special episode. We are also joined by Drew Gooden. You might know him from YouTube or Vine. What's going on, Drew? How are you doing, man? I'm doing great. I'm excited to be back on. Uh, last time I was here, the future of basketball was very much up in the air, and a lot has changed since then, and it's just good to have basketball back. Luke, I think we can, and I don't know, Drew, how you feel about this, but I think we can officially call Drew like a friend of the podcast, right? Hell a friend yeah. of the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think sometimes so. when you know, Drew's not it, here, we refer to him as our best friend, Drew. But we do. Okay, so I'm yeah. a best yeah. friend of that's the podcast. Right. <laughs> best friend, right? Of Drew. Yeah, best friend of the podcast. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Typically, that's that's our side conversation. We'll be like, yeah, best friend Drew's coming on the show. So, you yeah, know, that's no that's it. Deal. Best friend Drew uh, of the, are of the podcast, the six People man talk show. About it. They are. I figured. Yeah, I, it's good to be number one on the list, yeah. though. So right, you know, right. Yeah, yeah, I'll yeah, take yeah. it. Top of the exactly. top. <laughs> but so. Uh, so we had two preseason games now mm-hmm. against the same team, which is still weird, and we'll kind of, <laughs> I guess, adjust to it as the year goes on. It's going to be pretty normal by the end of the year, like playing teams back to back to back or every other night in the same city type of stuff, mm-hmm. um, which we haven't gotten to do. I mean, I maybe on a few occasions, maybe with the Heat, I can't remember in terms of like back-to-back things. Um, but all that being said, um, I think it's a good move. I think Jonathan and I have talked about it before in terms of uh, you know COVID and being conscious of that and just limiting travel. Um, so they, I guess, the team just got an extra day in Atlanta, like a you know that Saturday is what it would have been. Um, but I don't know about you guys, the the Hawks. They're going to be a, a really good basketball team. I don't know that they'll be like top of the top, but they've got guys that can score at any time. Um, and with the additions they made with Capella, who, by the way, um, looked pretty good against Vucevic there, that at least that first game. Um, yeah, he had a really but, good spin move on him last night and then a, a, a hook shot on him early in the game. That was really impressive. Yeah, but they seem like and, one of those teams that like, if they're hitting their shots, which they probably will most nights, they're going to be borderline unstoppable because they just have yeah, so I much. Yeah, you are. Power. You already had a decent young core started with you know Trey Young and John Collins, and then you um, you know add guys like Bogdanovich who can get hot at any time. You have Capella, um, and I don't know, man. It, they haven't even like Jonathan. I think had alluded to this, but they hadn't played before um, really much together. A, a few practices um, to get ready, but. I mean, they look really good, and I, I think that you saw that last game. There was even an improvement, um, but it was weird. The, the The first game that we played, we won, which this speaks volumes about preseason, but I felt better after last night, I think, in terms of, like, our our guys, like, our, this, our future with Markel and Cole obviously combining for, what, like 37, 38 points, something like that. So uh, 37. 37 yeah so i i don't know jonathan what was kind of your takeaway of well something that i wanted to bring up because like i i feel like it was just all over like at least magic twitter was like the first the first game the announcers and i I don't i don't know what the the play-by-play guy's name was but uh dominique wilkins obviously doing like their their color commentary yeah that guy he didn't really bother me so much the first game like other than just like 
unrelentingly roasting Michael Carter Williams like every time he would miss a three. Yeah, I laughed. But by the second game, those two guys were annoying me so badly. Like for some reason, Kevin Herter, the like the play-by-play guy, just refers to him as Kevin. Like, oh, Kevin <laughs> takes another three. Kevin, like, like every LeBron. never said his last yeah. name right. Like always refer to him as Kevin, right? And then and then what was it? Um, oh man, I don't, oh Bogey Bogdanovich. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know when. I don't know if this started in Sacramento or whatever. But they just kept referring to Bogdanovich as bogey, and it was just like a weird thing to me. But the thing that I really got from the Hawks, especially in that third quarter, like when the shots, like um, like Gallinari started hitting shots, Trey Young was hitting shots, Bogdanovich was hitting shots. It was like that the Snoop Dogg meme, like man, this mo- don't miss. <laughs> yeah, like they, they were, it just seemed like they were hitting everything in that third quarter. And I mean, part of it is due to like Aaron Gordon with the minutes restriction, right? Evan Fournier for some reason picking up like five fouls in the first. <laughs> you know, 11 minutes of the game, something ridiculous like that. So we didn't really get that good of a look at, like, the starters in the second half for a lot of those reasons. But I think that that's what Atlanta's going to be. Atlanta's not going to be a great defensive team. But, like, if you t- – I'm not calling them the Warriors, right? We know that – who is it? Travis Schlenk is their GM mm-hmm. who came from, uh, you know, Golden State. You know, like the Bob Myers tree, I guess you could say now. And he drafted Trey Young with the the goal that he would be like their Steph Curry. But mm. kind of in a sense, like the Warriors, if they're down 15, 20 points in the third quarter, it doesn't matter. They hit five threes in the third quarter, all of a sudden that lead's gone. Or if it's a close game, they hit five threes, all of a sudden they're up 15. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, and that was another guy that I didn't know, but Gallinari, like adding him alongside of Bogey uh, <laughs> and Trey Young, I mean, like, like you said, like they're going to give buckets – at any given time they could go cold fast i'm sure um because that's those are some chuckers but when they get hot it's bad news bears for anybody playing especially the Orlando magic well i think i think something that i i don't want to say it went under the radar but like the signing of rondo i think for them is going to be absolutely huge when we talk about the magic losing dj augustine you know we had philip rossman reich on the show a couple of weeks ago yeah and he like could not you know like understate that like Losing DJ Augustine is a huge deal, like for the chemistry of this team, for the the leadership of this team. And when you see Rondo on the bench with John Collins and Trey Young, and those guys are just you can tell they're hanging on to every word that he says. Yeah, Atlanta just got so much better. Like, well, well, that that's the thing. Like you talk about the leadership, like DJ Augustine had in the locker room. Probably multiply that by ten, and that's what Rondo gives you, right? Um, I heard a story from LA. I think it was last season um, that, or maybe the, I don't, I think it was last season, but Rondo pulled LeBron aside of all, like LeBron pulled LeBron aside and just said, Hey, you can't talk to these young guys like that. Like you need to be an encourager. Like they look up to you. You don't need to cut them down. Like gave LeBron advice on how to lead to Mario Chalmers. Right. So gave them, you know, it gave him direction to lead. So you think about Rondo on a team with guys that he's really like star power wise and, and, and wisdom is far surpasses like most of those guys on that team. So for, for them to have him in the locker room, not even play, it doesn't matter if he's playing like the other night wasn't playing. Um, it doesn't matter because he's going to be telling them things, giving them advice and timeouts, um, maybe even helping them like through the timeouts. I, I think it was Rondo and LeBron are like two of the top IQ guys in the whole league. Um, and I think that was on the Bill Simmons podcast that I heard about this actually. But all that to say, man, 
Rondo was a big pickup and definitely shouldn't be overlooked. Whether his you know play on the court shows that, um, which he's going to be that facilitator he always has been. Uh, but yeah, I mean now he's stepping into a place where he really can change the culture and show people how to lead. Um, you know, Rondo now with what two championships and um, just a wealth of knowledge. So I'm I'm kind of excited to watch this Hawks team. Yeah, um, I, I, and it was fun to watch. I think them. they're they're really well rounded. I think Gallinari is is kind of the the key piece there. He just the way he rounds out the roster, um, and then Rondo's a, a big addition too. I I think with us losing DJ in the terms of that leadership, I think we are going to miss a little bit of that. But I you know the hope is that it sort of forces Markel to grow up a little bit faster, even. And I I think we saw it some last night. Uh, I feel like he just uh, – th- there was one play he just, like, kind of barked at, at, at someone. Uh, I forget who exactly. He just seemed seemed to be more of a vocal leader, and I think he's going to have to be. And, and I hope that DJ leaving puts him in that position to kind of take that next step. Um, and I'm really excited about him and Cole together and the fact that not only can they play together, but – you know, ideally we can go an entire game where at least one of them is on the court at all times. Um, I think that's just going to make our, our, our offense so much better. And at the very least more fun to watch. Cause I, I love DJ and everything he did, but you know, we would complain about him at times last year with just kind of dribbling out the shot clock and, you know, not taking the shots he should take and then taking some mm-hmm. he shouldn't. Um, but yeah, no, definitely. That, that was the thing that we've talked about so much on, on the show is, just how much Markel was just stuck in a corner um, for DJ to run the show. And and now everybody's realizing it. Um, there was, you know, assumptions made before the season started, but now everybody's really realizing it. Um, casual Magic fans, diehard Magic fans, the keys are being have been given to Markel. Um, sometimes, you know, he's not getting the amount of touches, at least in the preseason, that I would have liked. There's some possessions you go down the court and he passes the ball and doesn't see it again. And it's and and it's just crazy because Markel is just he's incredible and I don't think he knows how good he is. Um, but there, man, when when he wants to get to the basket, he's getting to the basket. Mm. Now apparently, when he wants to hit a step back three, he's going <laughs> to hit it. I don't know what to think anymore. Yeah. Because if he gets a step back three at all, or a three point shot that's consistent, which like in the last thirteen games he's shooting like over forty five percent or something crazy from three. I don't know oh, what wow. the stat was it. I saw something on, on Twitter the other day. That's unofficial, guys. Don't don't trust me. But um, he is shooting as, as far everyone's above. scouring basketball <laughs> reference. Yeah, no, but he is. I mean, he's shooting. He's shooting better than people thought he would at this point in his career. Barring you know, considering what had happened um, with him that that set him back with all that stuff. Cliff says that you know his shots like it was at Washington. I don't think so. He's hitting he closer. He's getting closer. He didn't say it's there. Yeah. He said it's, it's getting, getting back. It doesn't to, look right. like. A Let's shot clear from that up because everybody's been throwing that around. Like Cliff said, it's the shot from Washington again. It's that's not what he said. Right. He said it's he's getting, getting there. back to. But he. But yes. But it, it is still his form is closer still to last year's. Regardless, I don't care how you shoot if it goes yeah, in the hoop. I was gonna say. And I don't. I don't care how ugly that is. Um, you know, mechanically, if you fix, you know, if you change something about his shot and then he starts hitting more, um, fine. But right now he's hitting at a better clip than we ever expected him to. in you know, the first couple of years of him actually getting run on the court. So, and last night, I mean, playing 31 minutes in the preseason game, we've talked about this, Jonathan, but, um, we knew 
that that there'd be it'd be it'd feel more real and that's something you had touched on as well um it just felt more real because we're so close to the season you didn't have those summer league games you only have a few preseason games they're getting as much run as they can and i think that you know the repetition is the most important thing um and it, it you know we got guys like mcw just chucking um but as long as that changes when the regular season comes around which i think it will um you know, I, I don't know that he's going to play 29 minutes, um, but we'll see. And that's the other thing I wanted to get into with you guys eventually, Jonathan, about like and Drew about rotation. Um, Cliff plays what? Usually eight, nine guys, Jonathan? Usually nine. I mean, last year it was 10 just because it's like he just has this innate <laughs> like something in his body that's just like Michael Carter Williams <laughs> must be on the floor and well, like does whatever he has to do to make that happen. Well, so last night and I – you know, we can cover this whenever, but I want to at least throw it into the conversation. You run a 10-man rotation last night. It's preseason. You're just getting run and burned for a lot of people. Um, we haven't been seeing Chuma till second half. Mo Bamba's still yet to be thrown into the mix. So you got to think at some point that rotation gets cut. And you got to look at it and think, who from this list is getting cut? Because they're all guys that we're used to seeing play aside from Mar- uh, aside from Cole Anthony and Chuma. So I don't know who gets th- what two three people get thrown out of rotation. Um, I don't know if it's Kim in place of Mo. I don't know if Cliff is even going to be there yet with Mo this year. I don't know what to expect. Dwayne Bacon. I don't know. He had a good showing the first game. It's like I wonder what is going through Cliff's head right now. Oh, I've got to like cut a few guys out of the rotation at least and limit their numbers. He's not going to throw eleven guys out on the court during a game, is he? No, I think for I think it's like. When Terrence comes back, like we'll see, we'll probably see less bacon, oh, probably too. a little bit less yeah, yeah. Michael Carter Williams. Mo comes back, we'll probably see you know less Kem. Um, if and when Farouk Aminu comes back, um, Al Farouk Aminu, uh, probably going to see less Gary Clark. Same with James Ennis when he comes back. So, dude, there's the so many guys is, out. We, I know, I know, but the good thing is this year, like it really seems like last year we went into the season kind of with this like facade of depth, but as soon as guys started to get hurt, it was like. Oh, we're not we're not deep at all. Yeah. And this season, like, I think we're all comfortable with Gary Clark getting like a spot start. Like he's not gonna be asked to do a whole lot, but we know defensively he's gonna be solid. And last night wasn't really a great representation of this, but he can knock down threes if he needs to. I think we've all been pretty pleasantly surprised at Dwayne Bacon and kind of what he's been able to do uh with the ball in his hand. Mm-hmm. Right? Like we kinda had okay, he can do some things off the dribble. Like as far as getting to his spot, which seems to be like that left elbow, it seems like he can get there anytime he wants. Like he's got enough size to raise up and get a decent shot pretty much whenever he wants. So it's going to be really interesting to see. Um, last thing I wanted to say about about DJ, I found myself this morning because Dallas um, and the, the Bucks actually played last night. Mm-hmm. So I found myself scouring the internet to see if there are any images of DJ and West together last night at the game, just like <laughs> catching up, reminiscing. Like, hey, we both got you know, they both basically booted us out of there um it'll be cool to see like when they come back to orlando the whole thank you dj and thank you west stuff and see those guys back together because it's not really like it usually there's more player movement like it's not just like those are just the two odd guys out like D- they decided they didn't want dj they didn't want west and basically brought everybody back and and drafted a guy and and brought in dwayne bacon but that's neither here nor there but i did want to talk about markel and cole together drew touched on that we didn't really. I, I don't. I don't have the numbers in front of me to know exactly how long they were on the court together. But I think the thing that we all can agree on is 
we might have had our doubts whether or not those guys were going to be able to play together. Like when they made the pick at 15 for Cole, people were like, oh, what does it say about Markel? And I was automatically like, I could totally see these guys playing together because Cole can kind of be like more of like that combo guard, like that one slash two. And I thought we saw some flashes of that last night. I don't know how efficient Cole is going to be, but just the threat of how dynamic a playmaker and shot maker he can be. We saw flashes of it really in the first game, like came off of like a high pick and roll and just rose up, knocked down the three. We saw like a step back three last night. Um, We saw some of the dribble moves that he has, the ability to get to the rim. Um, Flat out lane, like, I mean, he really flopped, but the one of the Atlanta Hawks just completely broke him. He fell to the floor, rises up, makes that jump shot. So um, I, I just want to ask Drew, like, what are your what are your takeaways from from the the young guys so far, Chuma and Cole? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, yeah, on the topic of Cole, like, like I said, I love seeing them play together. Like, it, they're in a lot of ways, he and Markella are pretty similar. Um, you know, obviously, he, he has more of a consistent jump shot, or at least a, a three point shot that looks more natural. Um, but watching him, uh, especially the way he would aggressively drive to the rim and still have the eyes in the back of his head to, you know, toss an outlet pass to Vooch or, or whoever the open uh, uh, shooter is, that's something we've seen Markel do, you know, throughout his season, first season with us, and then so far in these two games. Um, so even though they're kind of similar players, having them both on, on the floor at the same time doesn't seem to hurt. And, uh, and I'm excited to see them play together and and him kind of grow into that role. Um, and then, you know, on, on the topic of, of like the rotation, I, I guess the, I, I'm surprised with the way we're using Chumas so far. The fact that he is coming into the game so late. I mean, I guess it, it does make sense. There are just so many guys at that position, even with uh, Aminu out and, uh, mm-hmm. uh, and, and Ennis out. Um, it's surprising that it's still surprising to see him come in so late. He just seems like such a, a Steve Clifford guy. He's such a good defender, but I, I liked what I saw out of him. I hope that when those guys do come back healthy, it doesn't just completely knock him out of the, out of the rotations. That would be kind of my, my biggest concern, especially when we're not really competing for anything this year anyway. It's like, I'd much rather yeah. see him play than Aminu uh, or Ennis. Right. And I, I kind of like what I've seen from Dwayne Bacon so far. I don't know how consistent he'll be, but I didn't know he had, he kind of seems like he can do whatever he wants offensively. <laughs> I was very surprised. Like, <laughs> I, you know, anyone can get hot, but he's just, the confidence he had in his shot is like, okay. Yeah, it, and he's got the size it, too. I, I want to see more of him, but. Yeah, I mean, he, uh, like you said, he's got confidence, and hopefully that doesn't come back to bite him or the team just because he is so confident. Mm. Hopefully um, he's not Jonathan Simmons 2.0. Oh, brother, I've seen that over the past couple of days. But, um, no, I mean, I, I I texted you guys about this, and Jonathan, you were kind of like, oh, well, yeah, of, of course. Um, but Dwayne Bacon uh, is better than Wessel Wundu. Um And it was just kind of like when, when that Oops. happened – when when that happened, um, everybody was like, "I don't know, like a one do man," and it's like, "No, no, I don't think so. I don't think there's a one do yeah. in that sentence anymore." Like, it's Dwayne Bacon, and I said that when we had Phil on. I said, "We have to trust the office, you know, it, it, the front office, and we have to trust that that's the right decision." At that time, and I still obviously still think that even more so now, but it's the right decision. I mean, Dwayne, Dwayne Bacon can be a guy where if your roster is depleted, you bring him in and he can, I mean, he can create, he, he can get to the basket. He's, he's a, he has a good size to him. Um, 
I just think that it it was a no brainer for that front office, and now everybody's seeing it. Yeah, he, he's a take out a one do bring. He's him. a different type of player. I mean, he just has so much exercise. Yeah. A one do when the way I would see him was he's he's almost uh, really similar to MCW. They're kind of similar size, sort of like that versatile defender, inconsistent on offense, and. I feel like, you know, with MCW back, there wasn't really the need for a one-do. And he just, this, I, I love him as a guy, but I just don't think, think that, I just don't think the ceiling was very high with him. And, you know, obviously small yeah. sample size, but with Dwayne Bacon, he certainly has some physical tools that, that you can't teach, you know, a one is right. not going to get taller in year four. Like, <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, if you're Jason Tatum, apparently you can just grow two inches in a summer. So, I, I mean, I don't know. But, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I so, so far, Dwayne Bacon kind of came back down to earth last night. Um, didn't quite have the performance he had. I think he shot like 40% last night, uh, like four for 10. But, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm pleased with it. Um, he's a cliff guy, uh, both from Charlotte, um, you know, in that circumstance. And so I, I think that he'll be a good fit for Orlando. Um, and like Jonathan alluded to, I mean, the depth that we'll have this year, I mean, don't get me wrong. We're not going to go win a championship, but the depth that we have this year far exceeds where we were last year. Not to mention the guys that came off the bench, like Gary Clark and, and those guys that helped fill in those spots. They now have playoff experience. They have regular season experience. So those guys are going to come in even more ready than last year with even more confidence. And I think that's the biggest thing, especially as rookies, second year, guys that haven't played before until you know recently. Confidence is very much key. Um, and I'm, I'm excited to see what those guys can do um, this year. I think they'll give us some fun games, some games to talk about. Um, I think Markel is going to give us some games that we're going to talk about for a long time. Um, I think there's just going to be games where he realizes and recognizes how good he is. Feels like a shot is there. If his three balls hitting and he can get to the rim like he always can, I, I mean, it's it's going to be game over. I think. So there's something that I've been thinking about the last couple of days that I, I wanted to to ask you guys. So like last year, the beginning of the season with Aminu, like a lot of people were really down on him in the way that he was playing, like the you know the beginning part of the season before he got hurt. I thought a lot of that was just, you know, I mean, Russ, like the beginning of the season, like some people just start off slowly, but I felt like he was really struggling to try to find what his role was going to be, at least offensively, like with that second unit. And now, you know, we have, it seems like we have so much depth at like that small forward, power forward position right now, talking about uh, Gary Clark and, and James Ennis, even, even Dwayne Bacon, you know, he's a guy that's got so much size and I could see him playing some of the three um, Chuma, um, you know, all these guys, it's like, I don't really know where Aminu is going to come back and, and fit in because I feel like we, we, and Aaron Gordon don't want to forget about Aaron, but I feel like we brought him in to like be the backup four. but now it's like, mm-hmm. isn't, isn't that guy supposed to be Chuma this year? And at the same time, it's like, even if you bring back Aminu and, and you kind of put him in there, I still don't really know how he's going to fit in. I feel like that second unit, it's primarily going to be like the Ross and Cole show. Like, I, I feel like those are the guys who are going to have the ball in their hands most of the time. And then, like, the the rest of those open looks, I, I'm waiting for, like, those Chuma corner threes. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. so, I, I guess I ask you yeah. first, Drew, like, Aminu, like, where do you think he, he fits in when he comes back? I, I don't, yeah, I don't know if he does fit in with this team. It, he, 
he didn't really establish a role before he got hurt last year. I mean, that's a good point that it's, you know, early in the season, it's such a long season, things can change. I remember Terrence Ross couldn't hit a three to save his life at the beginning of the season and then, mm-hmm. you know, came back to normal. But uh, I I mean, I, I he, Aminu, I, I, don't, I don't know where, where that, that spot is. I'd rather see Gary Clark out there with that unit because he can, more reliably stretch the floor at least we hope so i mean you know maybe he just got hot for a little bit last year and he but he seems to be a better shooter than aminu and um you know but i'd much rather see obviously chuma first and then clark and then aminu um yeah i'm not i'm not trying to downplay like how good yeah i'm not trying to downplay how good i think aminu is i think he's still like very very good he can definitely be a a big contributor on, on a good playoff team but like you still got Aaron there. Like you brought back Ennis, you brought in you know mm-hmm. Dwayne Bacon, you brought back Gary Clark, and then it, you, like we have Chuma. So it's just like what it, I mean. What what do you what do you guys think like the bench unit is going to look like? Obviously Cole, Terrence, maybe Chuma at the three, Aminu at the four, Bamba at the yeah. five, and then Michael mm-hmm. Carter Williams. You well, got to get him in there at some point. I mean, we know that's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, the the thing to remember, kind of touching on Aminu. He was a, I mean, he was a, de- he was a starter on a fifty-three and twenty-nine team, mm-hmm. averaging, you know, giving his nine, ten a game, right? And um, he's never gonna, he's never been super efficient, but point being, he's been on a good team. I mean, they went in twenty eighteen, nineteen, the year before he came to Orlando, he, they went to the conference finals again. They got swept by the Warriors, but the West is no joke. So uh, he knows what it takes. If anything. He's that guy that could be in the locker room and and mentor these guys. Mm-hmm. He could maybe step into that DJ Augustine role. He's been on a good team. He's been to the conference finals, which, by the way, nobody on our team has been besides him. Yeah. So having him as a voice would be good to at least hold on to him and bring him in if the roster gets depleted. I still think he's going to get some run. I think he started like two games last year out of the 19 that he played. Um, but my point being, I don't think he's – a lost cause on the team. Right. Um, I think there's games where he can step up. I think like his, um, his game high in Portland in 2018, 19, um, I think was in the twenties, like a 23 point game or something. I mean, if you can even get a game like that out of him every now and then, um, that would be nice to have. So especially yeah, I, with Chuma where, where, where Chuma's not even playing until the third quarter. So I don't, where does Cliff even stand with Chuma? I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it's just because he's been out, um, but he wasn't around the team last year. It doesn't concern me yet, but I could get to a point where I'm kind of concerned in terms of like, okay, what does Cliff know and the staff know about Chuma that we don't? Um, what is it? Is it his conditioning? I mean, he's playing like 13 minutes a game right now. And again, it's preseason. We've only seen him twice, but uh, it's going to be interesting to see once Amino comes back. Cause regardless of what we think, like Cliff's going to do whatever he wants to do. Um, and so if Amino comes back and takes minutes away from Chuma, which he would, um, what does that look like? And if you're not giving a, a Chuma run in the preseason, when are you giving him run? You're giving Cole Anthony what he played like 25 plus minutes last night. So uh, where does Chuma fit, and where does Cliff thinks he fits? So I I really well, don't know. I hope I'm not coming across like that. I think Aminu is a lost cause. I definitely don't think that. I'm just super curious to see how he exactly like cliff is just going to work it out because it's a i mean it's a good problem to have like we we do have so much depth this year it's going to be interesting to see how cliff kind of works all that out when everybody comes back with chuma i think it's just more of like a like they just have to ramp him up right like um 
three nights ago, whatever that was, you know, Friday night, that was the first time the kids played basketball in almost two years, you know what I mean? So they, they want to kind of ramp up those minutes, it seems like. He's got the heat wrap on his leg. It seems like he's ready to go in at any time. He seems to be, you know, running around, moving pretty well, but like not really favoring the other leg or any amount of hesitation or anything like that. I also think it's more like the the whatever is going on with Aaron, they really haven't given too much of that. Maybe it's the hamstring, just making sure he doesn't come back too much too quickly from that. But it's like Aaron plays, you know, most of the first half, then there's some like Gary Clark in there. And then it's like Chuma has been coming in towards like the, the middle of the third quarter last night, Friday, it was like two minutes left in the third quarter and then played the entire rest of the game. So I think it's a combination of that, but again, it's just going to be kind of weird to see, you know, where they go. Um, when Aminu comes back, managing the minutes with Chuma, you're going to have James Ennis. It's just so many guys. I don't, I don't, it's going to be hard to really nail down what the rotation is going to be, obviously until everyone's healthy. Mm-hmm. It's it's gotta mean that Fournier is like out the door, right? And and maybe AG. How like, do, how do you get that from talking about the power forward position? So you're you're I know saying that's what that because you want, because Chuma a, came. <laughs> Chuma's coming no. in in the third quarter because Fournier is <laughs> on the trading block. It's, yeah. No, I'm just saying in terms of like this weird logjam that seems to be on the whole entire roster. Mm-hmm. You, there's got to be guys going out the door with this roster. I'm still thinking yeah. rotation because I mean, at this point, like we said, you played 10 guys last night. You still got freaking three guys out that are going to be in the rotation this year. Hmm. So, I mean, Cliff, to that point about Schuma coming in in the third quarter, maybe he doesn't, obviously he doesn't, clearly he doesn't want to push him. Trainers have told him like, hey, let's ease him into this. But... Um, and maybe he's just kind of waiting it out, seeing how – using that first half for guys like like AG and then obviously taking them out in, in the second half and letting Chuma get some run, but also putting Chuma with the guys he thinks that he's going to play with in the regular season. Um, it's just all experimental. Uh, you know, partially why I wish that, you know, we did have a, a summer league. Um, and obviously a lot of those star guys don't get minutes. Uh, but I would have liked it for the younger guys to get more run. And instead of having to have this weird cluster, mm-hmm. we're like, we have no idea minute distribution wise what's going to look like to start this this year. Yeah, I isn't know, it crazy that super... we have this? We have this okay, much sure. of a cluster at that position, and and that's imagine. I mean, this would be a good problem to have, obviously. But if Ji was able to play this year, I guess it would make some different uh, decisions in the off season. But it's like. You know, even yeah. I think the redundancy, like even when we brought Aminu in last year, it was sort of like, well, where is he going to fit in? Like, I, ultimately, right. we did end up needing the depth like the, the season. You know, we just lost so many guys last year, including him. Mm-hmm. But um, it's always been kind of a weird fit with him. And I, I don't know what the plan is for this year. I just hope I just hope that Cliff leans towards the young guys. But we know that that's not what he likes to do. So, <laughs> yeah, I have I have a question. All right, let's take a quick break. for you guys so i i know that we're probably like we all kind of have like the i don't know like that that negligence complex where like people don't pay attention to us nobody talks about the magic things like that and i know that we're biased especially like with the homegrown guys and the young guys ji you know aaron in the past um markel like do you think we're we're overreacting to how good markel is or like can be 
I feel like whenever people talk about Markel, they're still talking like, oh, you know, he'll probably be a, a pretty solid role player. It's like, what game are you guys watching? Like, when this kid yeah. decides to flip the switch, like, he's making, like, all NBA, like, high-level elite type of moves to the basket. Like, that spin move last yeah. night and then finish with the left hand, like, there's, so what, good. 15, 20 guys in the league that can do that, and Markel is one of them. And if the three-point shot starts to fall anywhere in the, the mid to, you know, the mid-30s, probably is where I'm comfortable saying he might be able to get to right now. But, like, are, are we seeing things that, like, don't exist or, or are people just not paying close enough attention? Like, what's going yeah. on? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're small market, um, and people just aren't. But I will say, you know, I, I saw bigger social media accounts last night talking about this Fultz Cole Anthony mm. backcourt and what that looks like and I mean I, I I think that it's starting to garner attention and rightfully so um, I think I said something from our account last night Jonathan where I said like Markel making these moves and, and Cole Anthony making these moves there's gonna be nights where Cole Anthony just decides tonight's the night that I give everybody on this court buckets and he's gonna do it because he wants to like that him, his confidence will get him to that point. Markel um, is starting to see an improvement, you know, and, and you know, all last year's work um, kind of get him to the point where he's also confident in his game and um, quietly confident. And so I think that the, the chemistry between them is going to be good. And also the balance between them uh, one being very vocal. Markel is getting vocal Um I just think that they're going to complement each other really well. And I think that it's going to start to garner, garner more attention as the year goes on. Markel might have a, a 35 point game, um, which by the way, you're gonna to have to come check on me. If Markel has a 35, 40 point game this year. Um, and I, if there's a night where him and Cole Anthony combined for like 60, we're Oh, it's, it's over because we've been wanting this for so long. Yeah. We have a guy like Vucevic who's an all-star and it was great when he was an all-star that, you know, two seasons ago now, but he's not that like flashy, sexy guy to talk about. Yeah. You've got guys like Markel and Cole now who Cole want, would love to be in the spotlight from what I can tell, which is a great thing to have um, in a small market. And I think they're sexy. Markel is, is going to be is that what I'm hearing. Yeah. Yes, I do. I guilty, but, um, but yeah, no, they're, they're going to be, um, uh, things to talk about this year with these two and they're, you know, it's not just Vucevic, you know, making you know, right-handed hook shots and left-handed hook shots. And, um, it's not boring to see, um, because Mark Allen Cole last night, like if, if that's any indication of what's to come this year, we're going to have a lot of Sports Center top ten plays where the Magic are featured, and they're going to finally get the attention they deserve. Yeah, I, I think uh, going forward we'll see more of it because the two of them as a duo is just so much more exciting for the general population. Whereas you know Markel, he would have these insane highlight plays last year, and and they'd get a lot of retweets from time to time. But at the end of the day, it's this is a, the Fournier and Vucevic team, and if we're if we are tired of Fournier. I don't think the rest of the NBA, you know, fans care much to to see a team where he's the leading scorer. 
but seeing them back and forth and just being able to have that, I, I think I know what you're talking about. There was a, a few different accounts, like these sort of like ball, yeah. ball is life kind of like uh, a Twitter right. accounts with these like minute long compilations. Like the fact that they, that they just have these, the two as a package is just so much more interesting. Um, and there's, yeah. there's always going to be some homerism with, with your own players. Cause no one watches the team, your team as closely as you do. But right. I, I do think that we're not exaggerating the ceiling with Markel is extremely high as long as everything goes well. I mean, e- even if he doesn't pan out, he doesn't succeed. The ceiling still always was high. You know, it, it's we're not delusional here, but uh, he just seems to be he's just it seems to be such a hard worker. Like Aaron Gordon's dropping a documentary about his whole dunk thing. I want to see a documentary <laughs> about Markel's rehab process and him work like that's what I want to see yeah. behind the scenes of. I want to see that guy. I don't need to see Aaron. Gordon. I, yeah, I, I think, I mean, he could have a, a 30 for 30 type documentary eventually um, if he becomes who I think he can be. Um, I think I, I'm on record saying I think he's going to be a very, a very good point guard for a very long time. Hmm. I'm, I, I don't know that he'll be a superstar, but he can get there. But those very good players have those flashes where they look like a superstar. Um, I think he can get there. And I'm excited to see that happen. I look forward to the eventual documentary because he deserves one. Uh, I mean, going from number one pick to getting traded for a bag of chips um, and now getting to the point where he is getting back to his normal self again and that number one overall pick type caliber player. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I'm all on board, as everybody can probably tell at this point, with Markel and Cole Anthony, especially playing together. They're going to have some special games. So the thing that, that kind of concerns me, because one thing you always hear about Markel, and Luke, we've had this conversation probably like 500 times at this point, but people are like, oh, Markel just needed to get his confidence back. And I've never felt like that was the case. Like we heard he had the yips, he had all these things. From day one, since he's been in Orlando, it's been, no, it's not my confidence. My confidence has never wavered. I've, I've been injured. And if you really believe that you're hurt and you believe that that's the thing that's holding you back, once once that injury is gone, you're like, I'm back, right? And it seems like yeah. at times he's he's like, okay, I'm just going to do whatever I want on the floor right now, and there's nothing the five of you can do about it, right? The concern with Markel with me is like he can do that whenever he wants, so why doesn't he mm-hmm. want to do it all the time? Like <laughs> if, we, yeah. if we look to games like last year, like against the Lakers, right? He had, a, he had a huge game. I think he had a huge game against the Timberwolves. He had a really good game against the Wizards, like when he had that steal and then the, the dunk to cap it off, and like basically the game yeah. was over at that point. It's like when he decides, I'm going to do this, there's nothing that the other team can do about it, and the offense just flows so much better, and it's either he's getting someone a great look or he's scoring the basketball. So my question is, yeah. Like last night, it seemed like he came out and he was like, I'm either going to get somebody a great look on this possession or I'm going to score. I'm going to get a really good look. And he ended up with, you know, 21 points, 9 of 19 for shooting, 2 of 2 for 3. And it was just like, if this guy this guy can do this every single night, that's how I feel at least. I don't know how you guys feel, but I feel like he can do it every single night. Cole seems like the guy that I don't know if he's quite as talented as Markel. Like Markel, I think, is just like a little bit more explosive and, and, and bigger. Mm-hmm. Cole right now definitely has the better jump shot, but I think going back to Washington, like if we were talking about Markel and, and, and the way that we view Cole right now, I think we would still lean towards like Washington Markel, right? Like definitely. that guy, it just looked like he he could be like a transcendent guy, 
right? Well, yeah, so, he was prospective number one pick. I mean, and and, at, at times Cole was, you know what I mean, coming out of high right. school, you know? But Cole, it seems like he does have the confidence that if he had the ability, and I think he could get there. I don't know if he will, but he could. But he seems like a guy like a, like a Damian Lillard that's like, right now, it's my time. It's, like, I'm about, to, I'm about to score 12 points over the next five minutes. It, it's you know funny I mean? you say Damian Lillard. Um, it's my guy. I can't help it. Well, it's funny you say that. Um, so let me just line something up for you guys. <clears throat> Markel Fultz is six foot three. Cole Anthony, six foot three. Damian Lillard is he six foot three? Is he? Can we talk about the sidebar? Is he six three? Hold on, hold on. Let me let me let me, let me finish. Okay, okay. Damian Lillard six three listed. CJ McCollum six three. All I'm saying. Oh come on, Damian and CJ Cole so you and Markel. Minu is pushing Fournier out to Markel. <laughs> And Cole are Dame and CJ. I like it. Yeah, I mean, I'm I like all it. over the place tonight, and I don't care because I'm excited about this team. And so, so you think you know, Markel's going to start taking like 30 foot step back threes? <laughs> to yeah, yeah. If yeah, he yeah. does that, yeah. I mean, hey, Markel, if he I does, did, I, did, I, I will it. get Markel's face tattooed on me. If he starts yeah. doing Listen, that, I will get. I'll get his face tattooed on me again. Tattooed again. Whoa! I last year. Last year, I did not think there was a world where Markel Fultz hits a step back three, whether it's preseason, regular season. There was points where I didn't even think he could hit a where he couldn't. He couldn't hit a three wide open alone off the off the pass. Mm. We we see it from him last night. So I'm not saying that they're going to become Damian and CJ. It's just a funny parallel that I saw. Uh, I think it was on Twitter. Like I saw someone put put it out there, and like I'm just saying. Um, if you're out there listening, delete I'm, your account because that's ridiculous. But I love it. I I'm just saying. I mean, the, the Orlando this year now more than ever knows that this year might not be great in terms of our record. However, if you get production from these guys and they grow, and Ji is back next year, and Mo gets some run this year more than he did last year, it's going to be a, a fun team. And it won't, this year, it's there. They'll be a fun team, I think. Um, next year, they will not only be fun, but they could be dangerous if they all take, you know, a leap that I think they can. And Ji is back. I mean that, and can that'll you be imagine a, a fun team. The to watch. Amway, the first time that Ji checks back in next year. Can you imagine that? Like, I need to be at that game. Well, I mean, it's what are you looking glorious. at next year at this point? Like, you're, eh. you're looking at the your top three positions. You maybe next year, maybe Colin Markell goes really well this year. You've got Markell at the one, Cole at the two, J.I. at the three or four, wherever you want to put him. I don't care. My boy's going to get buckets and he's going to get steals. We slide Chuma in there if he takes, if he does well this year. Regardless, even if Chuma doesn't take that step this year, you got to think it comes next year too um, if it doesn't come this year. But that lineup is young. They're a lot of fun, and they're super talented. So I, I mean, I don't. I hate that I'm feel like I'm waiting for next year, but this year is going to have a lot of surprises of their own. There's going to be some hidden gem games from Cole and Markel. Hopefully, Chuma has a night um, where where he gets buckets too. So I, 
I think this year will be fun regardless of the record, but I mean, yeah. that's all there is. Yeah, that that's why I, and we've been texting about it. I, I think we're all excited about what we'll get to see this year. Not so much excited at the chance of a, a 50 win season. It's just right. like, even, even if we lose games like we did last night, but we get that kind of performance out of Markel and Cole, like that's going to be exciting as a fan because losing games with Fournier being your leading scorer was just not fun, not fun. you know, and, yeah. and, and losing games a hundred to 97 where we just can't shoot to save our lives. Like it's just not yeah. fun. So I will take a year of a more interesting, exciting young team that underperform or not underperforms, but just doesn't win as many games over. Well, you think about it like last year, the year before that you make the playoffs, right? But that's like your end goal. There mm-hmm. there's obviously your eyes are on Markel, but I don't remember a year where development seems so pivotal for Magic fans, where the record doesn't really matter. It's just, okay, can I see progression from this year to next year? Mm-hmm. And and we finally have individual guys to focus in on. We've got so many of them. Yeah, we've got at least you have, four. Say 2015, Marcel, yeah. Cole, the, the Mario Hazonia year. The Mario Hazonia year. Oh, that's, that's the last time yeah. that I was like, man, I'm excited for the young guys. You know what I mean? And that mm-hmm. we all know how that went, yeah. but... But 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 this one feels more promising. Obviously, hindsight is twenty twenty. But I mean, the guys and the flashes that they've shown already. You try not to put too much stock into preseason, but uh, there's just been so much. Hey. There's been consistency already. Mm-hmm. So I when, when Mario and, and when Mario and, hit that yeah. three to win the summer league Stop. game, his dude. I <laughs> I was thinking I was thinking wild. I was like, yeah. we're winning the championship this year. He's jumping. Alfred and Mario are hugging him. Dude, it was the best. And then it now, just it was complete garbage. But while while we're on this excitement train, I just want to say I, I did a I did a Google search just a second ago. And I'm just saying, but uh Michael Jordan, six foot six. <laughs> Dwayne Bacon, six foot six. Perfect. We have I, you're I not think the first person made that connection. There are people saying that Michael Jordan was on the floor the other night, that first half. He was. <laughs> hey, the last I, dance, more like the first bacon. Perfect. That's all. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> I think that's it. Jordan think... owns the Hornets. Dwayne played for the Hornets. The parallels. Uh, who never knows what stop. he taught him? <laughs> yeah. Who knows what yeah. he taught him? You know. Mm-hmm. I think that just I've means never magic. Seen Michael Jordan and Dwayne Bacon in the same room. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm well, saying. you know that. I agree. That's true. I haven't either. It's probably I, happened, but I have not seen. I it, haven't so. seen it personally. I haven't tried to see it, but. Because it can't happen. They're the same person, right? Yeah. So wow. one thing uh, that we didn't really touch on that is actually really breaking news. Um, oh, news yeah, broke yeah. today. Actually, is that at the Amway Center uh, for the regular season games, the Magic are going to have approximately four thousand physically distanced fans in attendance. So, um, Drew, just kind of want to get your thoughts on that, and then we can just kind of go around and like, are are you guys willing to go? Like, if you had the the chance, would you be willing to go to the games? Um, I wouldn't go to one of the first games. I'd want to see how it's set up. I mean, as it is, like, there's a few, like, the Florida NFL teams have done that where they have, like, 15,000 or, or 12,000 or something. It's, like, 15% capacity, and they're spread out pretty well. I, I, I think with that, it's, like, once they're in the stadium, it's fine, but I wonder, like, are they cramming people to get in? Are they, like, how are they, you know, there's still so much, so many interactions that can take place. And for me personally, I've done, I've, been very careful with everything this year and and at this point I, I don't know if it would be worth it for me to see this team specifically like knowing if it was next season's roster maybe I would be more inclined to risk it but I just like I'm gonna save 
the the ticket money that I have allocated for that, I'm just going to go to twice as many games in 2022. Well, so well, but but that's the that's the thing. Like you mentioned, like okay, how are they getting people in? The one thing that I respect about how they're approaching this um, is so they're doing four thousand, but it's not off the bat. They they mm-hmm. said that in a release. They said that we're going to get there to four thousand people. So so you got to think like. To start, whoever, who knows how many people they're going to let in, but it's not going to be 4,000. And the reason being, I think, is because they're being careful. Um, I'm sure a lot of NBA teams are doing this, where they're just kind of figuring it out. Okay, let's let's do half that amount and see how we get them in the entrances. I mean, the Amway has a few entrances, um, so I, I think it could be good. It's 20% capacity, so you're dealing with, uh, when you get to max capacity for this year, um, I think it'll be interesting to see how they do it. And like Drew said, you know, maybe you don't go right off the bat. Um, but there is one wrinkle. Um, and then I can, you know, get, we can get Jonathan's take. But there, there's one wrinkle that is there for courtside people. Drew, there is a picture on your Instagram of you being courtside at one of the games uh, a couple of So this is ago. for you, not for us, but for you. Specifically for me, right. yeah. I got a this really good deal you. on the tickets, okay? Oh, oh listen, but a point <laughs> stands here. Um being someone that has been courtside, you've had that experience, you know what it's like. Um, the one wrinkle that they're adding is that anyone that sits courtside gets COVID tested and they send them their proof of their negative results. Oh. Would would you be willing to go through, you know, go, you know, setting up a COVID test appointment and going to do that just so you can go to a basketball game? Pro- is there probably not. And I imagine it will be, much more expensive that's the thing too with like with these such limited tickets yeah. like aren't they all yeah. way more expensive because there's such a small supply like you're right. paying three times as much potentially to to go to something that's more dangerous and i right. I, I don't think i would personally again i'll save it for next year yeah so i I, 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 I definitely get wanna, it i just kind of want to have like a disclaimer like in my opinion there's not a right or a wrong answer to this like it's been a super tough year for a lot of people. If you are willing to take the personal risk and the Magic are really doing things the right way mm-hmm. and you decide that you want to go, more power to you. If you don't, if you make the decision yourself that you don't want to go yet or people out there might not be comfortable going, I think that's okay too. Personally, I'm dying to get back in that freaking building. <laughs> yeah, like I'm, 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 personally, I'm personally willing to go. Like That's you know my own personal decision and my wife and everything like that. I think that everyone is entitled to that. I did just kind of want to, for the people that may not have, um, you know, seen the release from the Magic. I just wanted to touch on a few points and just kind of outline the way that they're doing things. So people, um, it's going to be physically distanced uh, seating, mandatory face coverings, uh, pre-arrival symptom and exposure survey. They will be testing those um, that are going to be in close proximity to the court, deep and constant cleaning in high traffic areas of the building with disinfectants. Uh, including point of purchase devices, door handles, etc. Um, there's going to be hand sanitizer stations throughout the arena um, to reduce contamination. They're going to have a no bag policy. There are going to be a few exceptions there. And then just a few of the things that the Amway Center has also implemented um, around the arena. So all of the like air conditioning units and um, dehumidification humidification i don't know if uh, i messed that one up um they're all gonna have like the uv lighting in them um to help cut down on like the bacteria in the um like the air units and everything like that uv lighting has been added to the mechanical pits under the arena's 12 escalators 
so handrails uh, are all going to be sanitized as well. They're like they're mm. they're going what the announcement they put out is like they're going above and beyond all the safety protocols to do the the best that they can um, to make sure that everyone's going to be safe and everything like that. So I am excited to your point, Drew, um, about like the tickets being like crazy expensive. I am worried about that actually. Um, I think I and and it's not so much even like if you look at like the secondary marketplaces because right now. Um, Tickets actually go on sale Wednesday, I think at two o'clock Eastern time. Um, but like season ticket holders that already have their tickets, some of those folks have put their um, seats like on the secondary marketplace, like SeatGeek, for instance. Gotcha. So I think for like the like upper bowl ish, not the quite the promenade, but it's like I think like a hundred bucks a ticket. Which if the Warriors are in town or LeBron or something like that, that's pretty much the going rate. But the freaking service fees. It's like it's yeah. like uh, it's like forty something dollars in fees per ticket. Mm-hmm. Per it's, ticket, it's absolutely yeah. Ridiculous. As if they're doing so, a service each time. It's like it's just one service right. for all of the tickets. And and, and what what's the service? <laughs> I I, I want to know what the service is. I need an itemized receipt of the services that you are providing because it really seems like you're setting up an online store. Yeah. That's the, what the it service like. is that they stand in between you and the person selling the tickets, and they just kind of try to grab whatever they can along the way. Yeah, That's the exactly. service. They're, they're um, so I saw something in Josh Robbins' tweet. Also, this hypothetical is very hypothetical for me because I'm in freaking Nebraska. Um, so that, that makes it difficult for me. I, I would think that I would go – Maybe the money gets in the way for me at that point. Um, You'll be it, in town. What do you mean for the twenty third? You'll be in town, right? Yeah, that's true. I do get in the twenty third for Christmas, but uh, yeah. Um, all that to say, there's one thing that would would throw this off for me. I really love a couple different things at the Amway, uh, food related. Mm-hmm. Um, the roasted almonds. Don't know if you guys have had it. The candy oh, like roasted almonds. Please, who are you talking to? <laughs> Of course, I've had the roasted almonds. And then they have like the sliced meat. I'm meats. insulted that they, you had to ask. They have the sliced meat station um, oh. over by yeah. wherever, near the Fox Sports, um, you know, setup. Um, Fox Sports Florida setup where they, you know, where Dante and like them the hang out. Budweiser baseline. Yeah. Bar. Yeah. Right. So uh, they've got that there. But so you're not allowed to be able to eat in the bowl at all, which I understand. Yeah. I get it. Oh. However, I. I want to be able to eat and watch, and guess what? I can, where I can do that from my couch. So <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't know if I, and, and I'm obviously being. Um, that's a hyperbole. I, I'm not actually. That wouldn't play into my decision really, but it is another thing to consider. It's part of the You're, experience. Like that's part of the fun of going to a stadium is drinking a beer yeah. and you know e- yeah. eating some nachos eating, or, or hot right. whatever it is. Like yeah, so. If I can't sit in my seat and eat, uh, again, I understand. I get it. I'm not going to take my mask off around, you know, 20,000 or 4,000 people, mm-hmm. um, but and just to eat. So wouldn't be worth it. I get it. But that does play in. That does play into it. Um, again, I'm in Nebraska, so none of this really matters. Um, but for those of you guys that can go, I'm guessing that they'll have those tables probably socially distanced out, um, you know, in the lobbies and stuff like that in the concourse. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, uh, those are some important notes to make. So that's it. That's a good point. Yeah. I think if anything, it should make the, the viewing experience from home a little bit more exciting. Cause like last night, you know, crazy things are happening in these games and like the arena is just dead silent. It's just like, it's so awkward. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Markel makes a crazy play and it's just 
you hear crickets. Like you hear some of the the bench guys going yeah. a little crazy. The cool thing is you can hear like more of what they're talking about on the floor. Mm-hmm. I think more so than we did in the bubble. Like a lot of us really wanted that aspect of things. I think on the the last couple of broadcasts that we've had, you've gotten some more of that. But um, it'll be nice to have that energy, you know, in the the arena, especially when you're when you're watching. From yeah, home and, with and the bubble, like I feel like the the NBA did a really good job with the sound mixing for the most part. After the first like week or so, it it sounded like a, an authentic game for the most part. Although in the process, you kind of missed out on like, I kind of want to hear the players yell at each other. Like if we're going to have this empty room, let's, let's hear what they're saying. Um, but yeah, between the preseason games and then also the NFL has had a couple games this year where it's just like, it's just brutally obvious that there's no crowd there. And I totally understand why there's not obviously, but that is such a underrated part of these like amazing sports moments is the, the crowd going wild. And, and it's, I miss it. Yeah, me too, man. Well, every, I mean, it seems like every, you know, the vaccines are rolling out. So, I mean, I'm not going to be first in line, mm-hmm. you know, for that. I know <laughs> some, of, some of those were administered today. Yeah, I'm really, really hoping that that goes well um, and that we see good results from that. Because, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know about you guys, but 2020 has sucked and I would love for um, all of our lives to get back to normal. Yeah. This is on a side note, and I don't want to get too deep into the weeds here. Um. However, this question could take us there. Um, do you guys think that like masks are like normal now? Like, like not just hundred percent, not just yeah. now, but like for forever. Like, and I think for the foreseeable future, you will not be uh, looked at like a weirdo if you continue to wear a mask. My wife and I have talked about this. Like, I'll probably keep wearing a mask at the grocery store for another, yeah. you know, for for a while. Well, like, because it's not, it's yeah. so socially acceptable now, it, and it's crazy. Like. I don't know if you guys have had this, but my wife and I will be watching a, a movie or a TV show and they'll hug and I just cringe yeah. like two random people. It's weird. I see crowds in like old movies and I get like, yeah. I, like not PTSD, but it's like, that's, it doesn't right. seem normal. It's so weird how no. we've been reconditioned. It's like a knee jerk reaction because it, it's so it's normal now for mm-hmm. masks and it's going to be very abnormal um, you know, you guys being in Florida, you guys might have experienced this more than I have, but people not wearing masks. Um, oh my, are you kidding me? Yeah. So good grief. So <laughs> I'll, I'll walk into a gas station and people, people are looking at me like this guy's wearing a mask. What's going on? Like, <laughs> that, hey, yeah. You guys it depends on read the news in the last <laughs> yeah. year. It depends on where you are. Uh, yeah. but yeah, there are some people where it's like, you go, if they're holding a water bottle, it's like, well, I don't have to wear the mask cause I'm drinking, but they just will hold it for like, hold it. it's like, that yeah. doesn't. Just take a sip and then put the mask back on. Yeah. You don't get like fifteen right. minutes of, yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's it's funny, but uh, all that to say, uh, I think masks will become a normal part of our society um, for the next few years. Honestly, um, just because it is weird, like you think about it, like how crazy it is that that we get that we would get in large crowds and and risk the flu or whatever. But even now that there's a like now that there's a pandemic, man, it's even more so. Like. This this thing's gonna live forever. Like it's here now. We've got it. It's in people's systems. Hopefully these, these like Jonathan said, hopefully these vaccines work and we can see enough of an effect that, you know, we can get to that point. But, you know, in the long run, some people are just not gonna get the vaccine anyway because, you know, they wanna be right. So, um, about the vaccine and that it's not a big deal and all that stuff. So I say a lot to say, hopefully this vaccine works. Hopefully masks aren't here forever. 
Um, but I definitely do think that is kind of the what our norm is now. Um, but I'm I'm excited for you know fans to finally be in Amway um, safely, and I'm glad Amway is taking the right precautions. I think people are going to take advantage of that. Um, they're going to pay the money. I mean, they, there's people that are going to pay the money, even if they're spiked costs, and they know that. So um, they're going to do that, and they're going to get to see this exciting young core uh, in person, which is going to be a lot of fun, whether you're at home or in the arena. Mm-hmm. So speaking speaking of the young core, Luke, do you think this is a, a good time to reveal the, the giveaway? I yeah. think it's a good time. Yeah, I think okay. so. So and and, uh, and Drew doesn't know what we're giving away. I might I might be totally overhyping this, and Drew's gonna be like, "Oh, that's well." You set the bar pretty <laughs> but, high, I will say. Yeah, so Drew needs to scream when you say this. But okay, okay, I don't, okay. I'll turn so, the game down on scream. my mic just in case. <laughs> yeah, no. So um, basically, Luke and I have been talking about like a way, like we really want to give back to the listeners and everyone that you know supports the the podcast and the posts and everything like that. We just think it's super cool that people take time out of their schedule to listen to what two idiots have to say about the team that we love so much. So, um, but part of that is in in giving back to the fans. We also want to find ways to bring you guys better content. So that's kind of the whole idea behind like the mechanism and like the qualifications of the giveaway. So we are going to be giving away a autographed Cole Anthony basketball completely for free. Right. So, think that's pretty cool right um everybody's excited about the rookie Looked great the other night so hopefully people are going to be super super excited about this and and we're really happy to do it so in order to um enter basically you're you are going to need either a twitter account or an instagram account Mm -hmm. uh, because we're going to be asking folks to fill out a survey so basically just to give us feedback on the show what do you like about it what don't you like about it how we can improve the show things like that, right? Um, so if you're on Twitter, uh, we'll be posting tomorrow um, sometime in the, the morning or the early afternoon. Uh, what we'll need you guys to do, make sure obviously you're following us on Twitter, uh, but also go ahead and retweet um, the tweet. The tweet will have a link to the survey, um, and we'll need you to go in and fill out that survey. So if you're on Twitter, we need a follow, a retweet, and complete the survey. And if you're on Instagram, what we're going to ask is a follow on Instagram, um, Tag two of your friends on the Instagram post, and then we'll have a link uh, to in our bio to the survey. So in the survey, it's going to ask for either your Twitter or your Instagram handle. And uh, when we go to do the giveaway, that's kind of where we'll be able to verify all those things and then be able to find uh, where you guys are. So I know Drew is pretty uh, excited because we're just going to give Drew the ball. Yeah, I was so going to say, guys. like, that's a really cool giveaway. Could you just give it to me instead? Just, <laughs> yeah, just yeah no problem. No and, problem. And also something to note about this giveaway that we're really excited about um, is, you know, you, you might look at it and say, you know, they, you know, they might just want my follow and my retweet to get more exposure. The, the, the biggest part of this giveaway, uh, wholeheartedly, Jonathan and I had a conversation about this, is the survey. Um, we, we desperately want you guys to do the survey because we want to know, we we don't really get to interact with you guys as much as we would hope we, you know, interact about magic conversations and stuff, but we never point blank get to ask you guys, what do you want from us? Um, what content do you want? Do you want, you know, uh, more fan perception of having people on show that way? Um, or do you, you know, do you want breakdowns? Like what do you want from us? Um, a game by game thing. Um, and, and what that looks like. So you guys have a, a chance to really alter kind of the trajectory of our show in terms of what content we cover. Um, it'll give us a good view. I don't know, Jonathan, if you've done a survey bef- like this ever before um, nope. for the show. Um, right. So y- you haven't. So th- this will be the really the first time that we get to see what do you guys really want? 
Um, so, and there's some, you know, comment section stuff. There's ones where you like vote by poll. Um, and then there's some other things where you give us feedback actually with words that, that you get to decide what you say. So, um, all that to say, we're looking forward to it. We're really excited about this giveaway and just excited to see people's feedback. I think it'll be good for the show. Um, good for you guys to get more of what you want. Um, and your voice will be heard that way. So I, I think it'll be really fun. Yeah, so we're going to post the details tomorrow, um, Tuesday the, the 15th, and then we'll basically give the ball away um, that Wednesday the 23rd. So the survey will run up until the 22nd, and then um, everyone that's in at that time will shut it down. Uh, basically, just everyone's name is going to go into a virtual hat, and then whatever whatever name comes out, that's what you guys will get. Hopefully, for somebody out there, that'll be a pretty cool Christmas present. So. Really excited about that. So, Drew, is it cool? Is, I'm hoping that, it's that's cool, awesome. Right? Yeah, I, I didn't know what to expect. Um, I think you said a, a fan thought it was just going to be like a follow from you guys. Like that's that's a lot better. <laughs> yeah, we're just going to follow them yeah. on Twitter. You know? yeah, I mean, if so. you could get Dwayne Bacon's signature on there, I feel like that would be a little <laughs> bit more worth it. But I think oh, I'll, I'll, you know what? I'll have Dwayne cross out <laughs> Cole's signature and then sign Dwayne Bacon. I think people really appreciate yeah. that. So. Yeah, absolutely. Drew, before we let you go, last thing I want to ask Tua: What are your thoughts? How do you feel about? Tua? I love Tua. Um, I, it's funny. I was thinking about the, when I was on the podcast last, it was before the draft and you asked me who I wanted them to draft. And I said, anybody, but Justin Herbert. And now (laughs) Justin Herbert looks incredible. Uh, and a lot of people were wrong about him, but I still love Tua as a person. I, I, and, and as a player, I think Herbert's obviously outshined him a little bit this year, but the way that Tua has been able to like what he did yesterday against the chiefs, I know every team has injuries, but you go into the game without like three of your wide receivers then you lose your top receiver, your second receiver, your top tight end. Left tackle went out at one point, and he still threw for over 300 yards. Almost brought them back. Uh, a lot of I saw some Chiefs, Chiefs fans saying it was garbage time, but it's like it's not garbage time if they were one play away from getting the ball back to score a go-ahead touchdown at the end. Right. Um, but I, I love what I've seen so far, and I think you know this year has gone better than I expected, but next year with all our draft picks and, you know, hopefully a, a good free agent signing or two, I think we, we can make a serious run and it's all going to be on his shoulders. And I, I love him. Hey, between your two teams here, I mean, you've got a chance that like one of them is going to be pretty good next year, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I think there's a lot of promise. There's you, you've seen worse years being mm-hmm. a magic and dolphins fan. Yeah. Last year, it was a lot more fun to be a magic fan than a dolphins fan. And this year, yeah, the Dolphins have far exceeded expectations, and I think the Magic are going to regress a little bit just because of losing J.I. Right. But uh, development and everything, yeah, too. But yeah. but still, the the theme between the two teams that I like right now is the exciting young core. We've got a lot of young guys on both teams, and um, and I love yeah. Brian Flores too. Oh my God, he's he's great. And then <laughs> the uh, Jonathan, the Giants have uh, our defensive coordinator from last year and also a former Patriots guy it's and it's the same kind of model where great defense you know you get the best out of guys and he's just a natural leader and I think both our teams are pretty similar in that way it's a, a lot to look forward to yeah he's because of the fact that he's done such a great job the last two years you know last year with the Dolphins this year obviously with my Giants I'm I'm almost like irrationally worried that he's going to get poached he's for a head high. coaching job somewhere um, hmm. I don't think it would be like, you know, a third year in a row, he's going to go and be the defensive coordinator somewhere else. But um, I am a little bit worried that someone's going to, you know, see him and be like, you know, that guy's got something and then poach him away because uh, he's he's been absolutely incredible. I came into this season with very low expectations for the defense um, and he's just he's just done a phenomenal job. But 
definitely happy for for you and your Dolphins. You guys are are definitely uh, on the upswing, especially the quarterback position. Looks like it's set for years to come. Hope so. The Giants are still trying to figure that out. So um, I'm a big Daniel Jones guy, but he's still got a lot to prove. So yeah, maybe you guys can have Fitzpatrick next year, and then uh, <laughs> that's all right. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, he, right. he's a fun guy, but I'm already like tired of watching him. Uh, I just I want to see Tua and. Yeah, you got Colt McCoy, right? Uh, yeah, we sure do. Yes, sir. Colt. Yeah. No, oh, but um, anyways, always good talking with you, Drew. Any last thoughts, Luke, Drew? Uh, Drew just put out a YouTube video, so there's that. We'll plug Drew's YouTube video about Netflix's awful Christmas I, movies. I, I know, like, I hope people don't think that we're, like, being, like, we're favoring drew because we really like him like seriously the guy is wicked funny his commentaries are great if you guys have not checked drew out drew tell them where they can find you youtube instagram twitter all that uh yeah just search my name on youtube drew gooden the url is just search my name it's easier to get it that way (laughs) open up the youtube app first download that that if you have to and then uh watch start watching my videos if you want to because my recommendation for the first video someone should watch is the video from two years ago about christmas mail that's my favorite video I've ever made. I think that movie's insane that I reacted to, and I think people should watch that if they want to get into my videos. So. And they can't and use the, the URL's kind of janky because Drew Gooden, the basketball player who has an inactive YouTube account. Don't get me started. Don't get him started. <laughs> Don't get him started. Don't get him started. I'm going to get I'm gonna just get Last thought up. here. Oh, my God. We just got a, a, a news here that um, Alex Martin's uh, Magic CEO said the first five regular season games – will feature closer to 2,000 fans to allow everyone to adjust to the new healthy and safety protocols. So we've got that to so look 10%. forward to. Yeah, 10%. So, um, but yeah, holidays are coming up. Everybody be safe. Um, enjoy your families. But once again, Drew, thank you so much for coming on the show, man. Seriously, really, really appreciate it. You're always a, a ton of fun. Welcome on anytime, especially once we get some more basketball here. So uh, for Drew, for, for Drew, for Drew, for, for Drew, Jonathan. You guys are, are a, a Brangelina couple. Look at that. But anyways, <laughs> you guys have been listening to The Six Man Show. Thank you guys so much. Fill out that survey and go magic. Thanks for listening to The Six Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. Please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It would really help us out a lot. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Six Man Show and like us on Facebook. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic!